Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Innovation Crush. It's me, Chris Denson, your gracious host, coming at you once again. Um, in case you're tuning in for the first time, this show covers all things ideas, marketing, innovation, smart people doing smart things, recorded live here at the SAE Institute, the School of Audio Engineering. Um, you're kind of a guinea pig today. You, you, you ready to be a guinea pig? Awesome. Definitely. All right. We're going to test all you got, like lab tests and everything. <laughs> It's going to be a little helmet that's going to come down over your head in a little while and, and measure your, <laughs> your brain waves. As it should. <laughs> uh, uh, today, our guest is Rodney Williams. Say hello, Rodney. How you guys doing? Um, they're good. They're, 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 all, they're all really good. You know, I'm, I'm happy for that. <laughs> um, so I guess for starters, why don't you give the, the people a little bit of a 90-second 101 on, on who Rodney Williams is? Rodney Williams. Uh, originally from Baltimore. Uh, CEO and co-founder of Listener. Um, uh, currently, uh, company's headquartered in Cincinnati, Ohio, with an office in San Francisco and New York. A uh, little bit about me. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, been focused on this project for the past uh, four and a half years, almost five years. Um, we're uh, transmitting data over audio you can't hear um, and, and helping some of the challenges with uh, data connectivity within devices and proximity, um, which is this huge horizontal, uh, vertical, which we sell this technology to businesses. So what does, it, what does that mean in the, in the King's English? King's English. Well, <laughs> I, like a, a lot of things, right? I always said if you could, if you could sell Bluetooth, you know, how would you sell it? Um, and how would you explain it? Yeah, you can start by, you know, maybe I help electronics, you know, be wireless so you can listen to music, you know, your favorite headphones or your favorite home. Or maybe you use Bluetooth to listen to music in the car. I don't know. Um, everywhere that Bluetooth lives today, we probably have a chance to be there um, and, and do it a little bit better, a little bit more efficient, um, take away that pairing type of functionality or ease the something like that. Or One, one of my favorite use cases is something that's going to um, – a lot of consumers are going to touch it this year. is actually us in the ticketing space or the payment world where um, if you're familiar with Apple Pay, you walk up, you, you know, buy your items, you open up your Apple Pay, and then it transmits some level of data magic – Right. to the point-of-sale system. It's using radio waves in uh, NFC uh, in the future. Um, something like that could use sound where your device is broadcasting uh, payment information that's then decoded at the point-of-sale system. Um, it's an infrastructure savings. It's security. It's better. It's, it's, it's better for a lot of, like, boring reasons. Right. Um, but all in all, in all <laughs> uh, it's, it's not boring. This is, this it's is, not. It's not. <laughs> it's not boring to you. Are, like, are you... Historically, you uh, if I if I read correctly and just the, the few conversations we had, you're not like the traditional tech geek, if you will. You know, where did this like come into play for you as, as far as like an opportunity? Yeah, you know, I think, and it's been how to approach it. You know, when I look back in the past four and a half years, I, I'm a came from the, I came from the marketing world, so I was a, I was a brand manager at Procter and Gamble, and I always was challenged with the way in which you know we use marketing to touch consumers wherever they are. Right, a great commercial, a great uh, a great ad, a, a great visual, a great campaign. I never was interested in the campaign or the content. I was interested in the platform and whether the platform was efficient enough. And I and I think that's what was what sparked this. You know, in the beginning, we actually took this technology and did some cool things in music. Right? Um, we helped. You know, we would go to venues and uh, play our technology and trigger different events and light shows, depending on if you were in the presence of our audio. And we started from a very very marketing type of consumer driven way. With listening to the app, as we continue to make the technology better, we started to get into some of the more what I would call utility 
um, use cases, which really turns us into a platform versus uh, a campaign. Right. And that's what the intention was all about. That's cool. Um, uh, so that transition is pretty interesting, right? Like you were you were you were slinging diapers for for a while. <laughs> um, you know what were so, like what point of view did that give you as an entrepreneur, right? Because I think most people, especially when they're developing technology, yep. it's like, oh, we can do this, and then they don't know what to do with it, right? You had this whole like consumer engagement, you know, point of view in terms of developing it. Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, I think that's a competitive advantage. I think the, the great technologies of our time are, are, are people driven by consumer behavior versus technology. You know, when you think of, you know, Steve, um, when you think of, you know, Evan from, you know, Snapchat. I mean, these are... Rodney. Re- Rodney, of course. <laughs> um, you know, they're, 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 they're folks, they're people that are obsessed with consumer behavior and how you should do things, not how things are done. So um, that's kind of how I've always been. And, and at P&G, it was none the same. You know, I, I remember, you know, being an intern and coming on board and I said, you know, what brand do you want to be on? And, you know, all my counterparts are like, Old Spice, you know, uh, you know, I want to be on Gillette. I want to be on CoverGirl. And I remember saying I want to be on. I'd like to be on the cover girl thing. You know, I I always. uh, (laughs) You don't know what to do with that one. Go ahead. Partly, I always kind of regretted my uh, my counterparts and their trips, but um, I I got on the hardest brand, and it's it's PNG's biggest brand. And what I didn't know was PNG's most digital brand. Because the first thing that happens when a mom becomes pregnant is she goes online and gets advice. She talks to her friends and family. She goes on blogs. She's trying to figure out what is going on with her body. And she tries to find out who the who the father is. Uh, she does a lot of things. During that time. <laughs> it's a pretty hectic moment. <laughs> no, so uh, but that's I mean, that's a that's an interesting choice in and of itself. Right. To go and choose the the more diff- like what was that in you? You wanted to challenge yourself a little bit like where, why why not choose the, the sexier brands? I think I, I'm in love with process and and, and structure and, and platforms. I think people get obsessed with brands and content and campaigns. And I think you, great marketers are not I'm I, I, I like I always before I ever got to PNG I said you don't don't ever label me a cultural marketer don't ever label me an African American marketer don't ever label me a digital marketer I'm a great marketer and uh, I think I, I approach every brand and product the same way I need to understand my consumer better than anyone else and then I then I then I use every customer facing thing um, to to touch that consumer more effectively to sell the thing that I'm trying to go out and sell. Well, and what's that mechanism? Is that like an innate curiosity about how the world works? Because, you know, I come from marketing myself and yeah. it's like I'm just wowed by how and why people do things. Just period. Like I'll go to Comic-Con, but I'll also go to CES and I'll go to South like just as an observer. Right. Yeah. I'm not a comic book collector, but I just like to see how that culture, you know, manifests itself. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I am. I'm kind of obsessed with like you just said it like, you know, why did you do that? Right. Right. <laughs> Why did you use that one versus that one? I mean, is it a color thing? Is you know, is it a speaking thing? Is it because it's, it's, it's sometimes it's so simple, sometimes it's so complex, sometimes it's you know, his, you know, due to family genetics and history. And I just think I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm obsessed with the way, the, way, the reasons why people do things. Have and, you discovered Have you discovered the the universal truth yet? Like, is there one that one as a marketer and like the number of brands you work on? There's always like that one. I don't know the the, the common traits of yeah. of how to reach people and what they care about. Yeah, you know, I think I think I think time, technology and environment changes those traits or evolves those traits. I think that the big aha moment when I was there, you know, this guy that was yelling to do something different is that we started to talk about diapers like like Nike's. 
and and we we're actually back there, and I'm gone, but they're you know two times drier, you know five times lighter, and I'm like I'm looking at this, and I'm like, dude, is anyone paying attention to this? A, a mom does not understand this type of logic. I feel like I'm looking at an underarm ad, right? right? And and I, and I remember you know pushed and pushed and pushed. Can we just say that like you know Pampers celebrates, supports, and protects babies more than ever before. And, and let's show not the, the stereotypical mom and baby relationship, because obviously the world isn't that no more. And how about can we just be a genuine voice? And not, I mean, at the end of the day, is, are we really that different? But we can we can actually talk to them instead of talking at them. And, you know, I remember they, they throw it on they throw it on uh, YouTube. That's what they do with the, the stuff that isn't. Uh, <laughs> the Rodney's ideas? The, the Rodney's <laughs> ideas. The cultural, like, okay. yes, the stuff that, that resonates. You know, you know. You know, first commercial to go get a million plus views. I mean, on, on YouTube for Pampers, and then it didn't. Then they brought it on the spot. It did really well. Equity scores went up. All the stuff. Great story. Woohoo! But again, um, that was just a truth that, like, you know, let's just be genuine. Let's be authentic. Right. And, and let's start from a real voice. I actually believe that the brand felt like we just wanted to keep babies dry, and we do whatever we do every year to, to keep, uh, you know, hold that truth. That's it. Right. Now, uh, you know, everything else. It's it's all marketing. Well, so here's the thing, you know, having these conversations with a lot of smart marketers, everybody says authenticity. Few execute it well. Like, and, and why? I maybe you, I don't know if you have an answer or not, but like, why do you think there's a gap between those two points of view? Right, the two times stronger versus like, no, no, no. Let's just care about about the kids and the family. I think you have to be authentic to create authentic things. Right. I think you have to be authentic yourself. You know, and I think. Um, that's really important. You know, something that I learned years later, I, I continue to learn it, even as a, a listener, um, that the more I'm authentic with myself, the more creative I am. You know, the more I'm comfortable entering a room and kind of being who I am and not playing that their, my counterpart's game, because I think we all can be authentic to ourselves and it should be very different. Right? Sure. Um, I think you're able to do things and, and think clearly and, and, and just be more authentic. But I think you got to be authentic and genuine with yourself. Um, and I think you got to care. You can't just be authentic and genuine and sell more units. You got to actually care, and then be authentic with yourself. And if you do care, I think you will produce something, or at least be a part of something that actually executes well. I think you pointed out something that's kind of interesting, and is probably uh, it translates into something I was going to ask you about, listener. But you know, I've worked for agencies, I've worked for brands, and you know, a lot of times when you hire, you hire based on a like a functional need, right? You don't hire based not always on like a human being. You know, you're thinking like, okay, we need somebody to do analytics or we need somebody to, you know, has a great creative track record. They might not care about Pampers or Snickers or whatever the thing is, but they have a track record in this thing. Um, you know, and maybe is that something you've seen where like it does come down to that mix of people and points of view in a room? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I like that a lot. You know, I think that's what you know. There was a lot of things that resonated about PNG, but at the time, right, you would you would rotate, you know, two and a half years to a different part of the business, right? So, you know, you either were doing you know concept marketing for products that was three to five years out, or, or you were doing current business, so you were you know counting shipments every day and, and worrying about distribution. You 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 were focused on 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 your part of it, and the goal was to create a diverse you know group of skills, not just uh, power players in each. Right. Um, I, I think it's really important not to pigeonhole there. I mean, this. I, at times, it's easily, you know, I, I, I can I can be very happy in an innovation thing, right? right? And just like anyone, but I think 
I think you, you there's a ceiling at some point, and you got to be okay with that. Um, that there there aren't too many ceilings when you approach it from a group of skills. Yeah. Uh, so translating that into your building of a listener. You know, um, talk a little bit about the culture inside. The, like everybody I've met, listeners like super cool. Like <laughs> I mean, they're like just like people you want to hang around with, right? And I think, you know, kind of to your point, is really understanding culture. You know, not necessarily being cool. I use quote quotation marks, but just like being your authentic self. So yeah. kind of talk a little bit about the chemistry of how you built the you know the infrastructure, human wise, uh, at, at listener. Yeah, you know, it hasn't always been great, you know. The, the, the right answer is, you know, all of a sudden I, I got catapulted to listener. I had to become a manager of managers, and I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to build culture. I spent a lot of time investing and figuring out how to do it correctly. Um, and then we fixed it, and then we started growing. Um, and then you started getting output. You know, I think I think that the key thing that happened is that, you know, I, we, I started early on, we had a tendency to, to, to be shy about ourselves. What I mean by that is, oh, we're from Cincinnati. Or, oh, I look the way I look. Right. Or, you know, and it, we're always in comparison. And, um, you know, even down to, you know, sometimes, my, you know, in the early days, you know, you, oh, they're the, you know, the SF engineers. And, you know, I think, you know, I kind of killed that. And we're just like, you know, we, we got to come to it with that we come with, with like, however we do right you know uh, you're from Kentucky and you and you rode through in a truck like you Kentucky you rode through in a truck you can probably slap every SF engineer in the mouth <laughs> like you should be you should be excited about that you know what I mean and you know you know you should figuratively speaking right slapping people in the mouth well I think I just think you should be that passionate right. I think when you're when you're that, when you're yourself you bring that passion to your work right and 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 I remember rallying this whole, whole group around you know, the impact of, of an organization like ours to a community like Cincinnati and, and how we need to carry that every day and how we need to go to sleep with that every day. We need to bring it to our families. We need to let it rub off. We need to we need to establish a chip on our shoulder. And and every time, and we just need to be happy. Um, and, and we're having the most fun, you know. Right. And, and the moment that stops, um, you're not living out the purpose that we want to establish. And any time you see me, you know, I'm that guy in the office that everybody can talk to. You should want to talk to me and should be scared to talk to me at the same time. <laughs> you should feel I'm close and I'm far at the same time. Explain the dynamic. That's that's an interesting perspective. You know, I think, I think, the moment you 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 feel like you can approach me and address a problem and let's go fix it, then you're ready for a promotion. You're the type of people we want to accelerate. Right. You're the type of people I want to see. I want you to challenge everyone. Um, the the moment that you're still scared, I'm gonna still challenge you until you either push back or get pushed out. Um, and, and it's not, it's not aggressive or upset. It's just more so we either do something great or we don't. We either believe that we are or we don't. Right. You know, and I don't want people that don't want to make history and, and, and have a good time having, doing it. And, 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 uh, and those, all those things are just really important. And so, you know, when you look at the organization, it's kind of, you know, tremors of, of myself and the, the founding members and the, the first hires. Who are all still here? You know, our first two hires, which are incredible to our organization, are still breathing, beating down, <laughs> listening to doors, promoted four and five times, and and uh, one's from Kentucky with a chip on the shoulder, the other one's from Brooklyn. Oh, so Kentucky thing was real. It Kentucky was. This was, was real. not hypothetical. Oh no, real. <laughs> Did she real. slap anybody in the mouth? He he. Oh, I'm sorry. Did... Um, he will slap you. <laughs> um, he has a nickname. His name is Trapstar. 
<laughs> uh, nice. You know, uh, he he has a, a truck or a motorcycle, depending on how you want to take it. And then uh, uh, Jillian is a, a Brooklyn Italian girl who left Goldman Sachs to to help us really early, and uh, and and has uh, lives out of a suitcase like myself. And uh, kills it. This sounds like the A team. It's like you know, you got Murdoch. <laughs> you got. <laughs> um, you said that you want to be your authentic self more and more, and the more you do that, the you know, the more you evolve, the more the company evolves, the more your business relationships evolve. Who is Rodney Williams? You know, as that authentic, as your at your most authentic self. Who like who are you? Yeah, you know, I think I, I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm a lot of different things at different times. I'm extremely dynamic, um, uh, and I like that. Um, I'm extremely dissatisfied. I'm kind of like a disgruntled person uh, <laughs> most of the time. Uh, I was I was talking to my president, and and that unhappiness and that tension is what is allowing this thing to continue to innovate. It allow it makes me work harder, makes me learn. Right. It makes me fight more. It makes me. You know, I I I think I I sent two hundred and twenty something emails yesterday, um, uh, because I'm not I, I want more, right? And um, that's who I am today. Now, as a, outside of that, I mean, I love music. I, I love I love I love I love gear. I love I love slick stuff. You know, <laughs> you know. I always say I like slick stuff, like innovative and cool technology. I don't know if I like all of that. I like slick, like because the button looks a certain way. I'm gonna be like, ooh, that's slick, right? You know, and, and it, maybe it's just on a stupid microphone, but the button killed it. You know, what I mean, I just I, you know, I, and I, um, you know, I think this is a, a, a interesting moment in time for listener where uh, I'm growing a lot. The organization is growing a lot. Um, I'm turning into uh, a, a different type of leader and, and motivator and, and inspiration for a, a large amount of people, and I and I think that's a, that's going to be a, a, another story and who I am. Speaking of uh, slick, you uh, I think you coined a term. Um, I, I heard you say it, and I was like, eh, that was slick. The Internet of Sound. Yes. Right. Um, kind of explain what that means, you know, in the in the listener world, and then also, you know, I'm curious as to what other competitors you might see in the field. Because when I think about like. You're sort of like you you disgruntled and dissatisfied. I come from a place of competition. Like when I see somebody on my heels, I'm like, oh, like let me figure out how to innovate and like, you know, outsmart them in a way. But if, you know, in a pool where there's, you know, there's a small amount of competitors, like you're continuing to do this on your own. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the phrase Internet of Sound was actually something that we started to use to try to communicate what we're up to. And, you know, if you take a step back <clears throat> and if we're transmitting data, what are the other things that transmit data? Most notably, the Internet. Uh, they transmit data. Now, the Internet isn't defined by any web page. So if we are a new Internet based on sound, maybe all of the solutions that we enable are like new web pages. And, and, and it, was, it was more so to get our investors to start thinking about it differently is that I need you to start thinking horizontal about the business. So if we enable a smart tone ticket, or mobile wallet, or we link a light show at a, at, a, at a concert, or we, you know, we trigger some stuff with the music. Whatever we do, we're not the solution. We're not the web page. We are the internet. Right. And 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 that's why we like to call ourselves. You know, we're emerging leader uh, of the internet of sound. And the internet of sound is probably the most one of the most critical components of the future of the connectivity. You know, all this talk about Alexa and, and, and Siri and Google Home 
and you may able to talk to devices. Um, there's a device to device component, right? And that's us. Um, there is no that at a true penetration mark without us. Um, so people always say, "Did we do invent the internet of sound?" And I go, "No, it, it was it was here before us." Um, you're just thinking about it the wrong way. The fact that you say, "Okay, Google and Siri," um, and you you know do all of what you do with your microphone, you already are what I would call investing in the internet of sound and building it. That's great. Uh, and as these devices talk to one another, how are how are you thinking about the Internet of Things in relation to the Internet of Sound? Like as refrigerators talk to cars and, tell you, and feed your grocery lists to your vehicle, so you can go to the grocery store and just pick up the stuff without even having to purchase it. Um, we're entering this like new dimension. Um, how are you guys thinking about that? You know, in terms of like the near and or distant future. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that we will be a, a part of that as an ingredient. I think that. In a lot of those cases, we, we would power a lot of those devices um, instead of Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Um, uh, and you, why? You know, if you had a smart cut and if you were to put a Bluetooth chip or a Wi-Fi chip and that chipset would be three bucks, our chipset using listener would probably be less than a dollar. Um, so we can all of a sudden make that connected uh, smart cut more affordable and more comparable to a regular cut, making that have better penetration. Right, so that's kind of how. Now, there's another way in which we interject where um, we're a gateway, or we're a least cost router. So t- today, and it's a security reason. Today, with everything connected to the internet, your 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 appliance, your rice cooker, your outlet will not have virus protection. So, what is the device to device authenticator that is offline, and that's a proximity key, meaning? It doesn't actually connect to the internet until there's an offline key that says it should connect to the internet. Now, an offline key would need to be able to be software-based. It would need to be able to generate data without connectivity, and it would need to be proximity-based. It would only be able to live and breathe in a certain environment like a room or a house and not be something that would be widespread. Then it's listening. Right. So, you know, surprisingly, a lot of people get surprised about this, but our, our biggest customer today is the U.S. government. Um, Uh-oh. Um, our second biggest customer <laughs> is, uh, is connected devices. Our third is authentication. The fact that we make a lot of noise about sports and entertainment is because that's what consumers tend to understand and resonate with. Um, but we're going out trying to fix really, really complex problems that, that are, are going to be real big conversations in the future. Yeah. Did you, did you anticipate that? Right, you know, when you when you think like the the fact that the government is your biggest client, and I'm guilty as charged. Like the what I know is, you know, arenas and venues and being at a concert and getting secondary piece of information. And I think that happens in a lot of new technology arenas, right? Like we talk about AR and VR and holograms, and like the biggest growth in holograms is in the medical industry, right? Yeah. It's it, you know that's where the spike is coming from. Um, but we all talk about Tupac, right? It's, <laughs> uh, so did you anticipate that, or like what what was the where's the balance between serendipity and and vision? I think I think the the only the only uh, the only medium between the two is oppor- is season and opportunity. I, I think throughout the process, we we focused on the product and we focused on being ready. And and if a client comes to us with a challenge, um, we we now have the resources to to meet the challenge and and try to deliver something to fix it. 
you know, the government's use case we didn't know we could do. They said, I have a problem. I think this could help. I'm one of those guys that uh, say yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I go home to the tech team and I'm like, Strap. I'm like, can we do this? <laughs> you're you're the boss that everybody hates. Like you just walk in the room like, oh, stop, stop. <laughs> I got <laughs> I got something new. Yeah, I, I would rather come back and say we can't. Right. After further investigation, this is something that we no longer can support. Like I would rather come back and say that. But th- at that moment, when I have your undivided attention, I'm gonna give you the confidence that I'm gonna go out and do my best to come back with a solution that utilizes our tech that can can meet your need. And, and I'm not gonna I'm not you're not gonna have zero doubt. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we learned. I learned that from 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 the customer. I actually learned everything outside of music or marketing and engagement that we're getting into. Um, it, it's, it's that ability to learn. I, I remember when you know when we when we created the ability for our device for our technology to authenticate. So we created the ability for the devices to broadcast and receive, not just receive. Um, and authentication and payment tech. And this probably was mid-year. I spent numerous hours, <laughs> days, talking to people, fintech folks, Chase, MasterCard, Visa, <sighs> everything, and trying to figure out how can we position ourselves in that market. Because I saw it was like, you know, it's a huge market. Of course. And, um, you know, I just think, you know, if you, if you ask me today, I'm almost something like an expert now about authentication. And device to device and transmitting data and things like that. But it didn't start like that. I think, you know, I think for any entrepreneur, any person that's innovator, if you really are trying to do something innovation, innovative, I think you need to start dancing on the things you don't know. And combine that with what you do know. Right. And, and then I think some magic starts to happen. Yeah, I like, the, I like the exercise of, you know, when two things don't readily belong together. Right. If you say, what's the commonality between this water bottle and a squirrel? Right. And and I think a lot of times, you know, um, when you have that sort of creative constraint, like the most amazing things pop out because you're like, I don't know, you know, or you're at rock bottom. There's always like you're when you're back into a corner, either creatively or resource wise, like that's what gives birth to the innovation opportunity. You know? Definitely. Um, I didn't have a question there. I was just, <laughs> just pontificating in my, in my own head. Um, this is a quote from you. By the time I was 27, I had three patents under my belt and won nine awards, including the Ad Age 40 Under 40 for my work with P&G. Um, also, you're the first guest to ever be in Jet Magazine. <laughs> so kudos to that. Shout out to Jet. Is Jet still alive? <laughs> I don't know. When were, you, when were you in the, when were you part of there? Was it like a 40 under 40? Okay. No, this probably, you're probably gone. <laughs> uh, um, I find like a lot of talent like yourself or, you know, you take any entrepreneur or somebody who left a, a place and started something amazing that probably that company could have used, right? Did yeah. you... Is there a, a reason or do you think that a Procter & Gamble or any other company, you know, or person in your situation could have been better utilized, you know, at the time? And I, Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's what's broken in, in, in big bureaucracy. Um, you know, big organizations to, to drive an efficiency and they train people to push a button really well and they don't they don't train that person to ask why they should pushing the button 
maybe should they should develop a new button and and, and maybe they should challenge the question about bringing up a new button um, organizations that tend to do that really well are organizations that reinvent themselves every couple months and I like to think that about Google or, or Apple and Google more importantly um, I think Google could Google could have been like Yahoo and been a great search engine yeah and then when and, and then try to do other things or buy other things I think Google spent a lot of time reinventing themselves because they were quite frankly asking themselves why you know when they signed into their email client they were like why doesn't it do anything like this maybe we should make our own you know or and i think they kept doing that and i think that that's the that's the a sign of good innovation and i don't think companies like procter and gamble do that really well and then the individuals that are completely dissatisfied and frustrated with the way in which we do things and and big, those big organizations we get rattled out we go do great things. We, you know, my, you know, my boss is the C- CMO of Intuit, my old boss. Um, my counterpart, one of my counterparts is the, I, I have so many CMO friends <laughs> that right, left right. the organization. And, um, you know, that's, that's, not, that's not coincidence. I don't, I don't think that's uh, luck. I just think that um, the, the folks that actually get shaken out, there's two sets of folks, right? There's folks that probably didn't perform well. But there's actually folks that, um, didn't perform well because of choice. Yeah, and that's different. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like school, right? Like it's it's you know you have these students who if they're not you know massaged the right way, their greatness won't come out, right? Um, uh, another uh, another point I'll, I'll leave behind. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you mentioned Google, you mentioned you know Apple a little bit, um, and also read that you 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 kind of, you have a vision to become sort of the Apple or the Google of the Midwest. Right. And, and when you think about revolutionizing an industry or revolutionizing or like growing, for, you know, over four, how many, how big is your company now? Uh, 40 employees. So 40 to, uh, you know, five, 10, you know, 15,000. Like, how much of that is roadmap? And how much of that is like what you talked about earlier is being open and, and prepared for opportunities to come along? <clears throat> I, think th- I think the first thing we got to do is disrupt industries. And I think the more industries we disrupt, um, the more we are cementing ourselves in history. So and I'm just talking about what everyone knows. Or and let's, let's talk about Apple. All right. I think the first thing they disrupted was the desktop, the personal desktop. Then they started disrupting other things around electronics, whether it was the phone, the tablet, then the the, serv- the software on the tablet, and different things. Um, we've disrupted a couple industries. In a, in a minor scale, the past four and a half years, uh, I think over the next sixty days we we have an announcement that we, we will disrupt an, an industry on a big scale. What is it? <laughs> can't can, can uh, okay. don't want to say that just, yet. just yet. All right. All right. Oh, it's going to be big though. It's going to be so big, and I, and I and I think that this is this is this is this is one of those disruptions that you know uh, puts it in the history book. Uh, and as a valuation multiplier, as a company builder, as 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 a, as and then and then we'll, we 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 have we have a lot more planned. That's great. Um, the most ironic thing about all of this, um, which I love ab- about your story, is that you were born deaf. <laughs> 
So you uh, like all this audio stuff um, is interesting fr- from s- someone who comes from an early background, uh, you know, uh, yeah. fr- with a disability. Um, ca- walk us through that a little bit, you know. And you know, the funny thing is, I didn't even acknowledge it until uh, I went home to my mom one day. You know, put me to the side, and she's like, "You know, you were born deaf, and your company's name is Listener." <laughs> I was like, "I never thought about that." Um, I don't, you know it's coincidence. I didn't even think of the name listener. That's mm. the be- best part. My co-founder did. So, um, <laughs> no, nah, I, I was born. I was born um, about seventy-five percent deaf, um, completely deaf in one ear and partially deaf in the other. Um, and uh, you know, I, I just couldn't speak. So about four years old, I couldn't speak. And, you know, they did all the the research, and I was just deaf. Some tubes needed to be reconnected. Um, they did that, and I be, I learned how to speak in a classroom. Uh, what, what's what's interesting though is that um, they thought that you know a lot of my what's the word you know education level right would be um, hurt due to the fact that language. But um, um, I guess somehow I developed other language skills. Um, that was outside of that because you know I, I never had an issue post post that, um, but yeah I mean it's it's one of those things I think I think you you work through it you know I think you know you go through all those things when you're a kid with a disability right you get picked on a little bit mm-hmm. um, you, you know you, you know you get a chip on your shoulder um, you know um, you challenge people um, you make a decision to 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 take it or to to I'm I was from Baltimore also and um, I was Jamaican. And I had, I had, I had, I was the youngest of six. You brothers. were Jamaican, or you? I, I am Jamaican. Okay, no, I was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I know if you converted to another. Yeah, yeah. But like, I like to think that I was even more Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> I was extra Jamaican. I was extra Jamaican <laughs> as a kid. You know, extra Jamaican. I'm talking about, you know, the the wife beaters with the green. Um, but uh, you know, I think I just think it, it, it's all it's all a recipe. You know, it's all a good recipe. Um, and I don't think you can predict it. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I, I, it's, I thought it was just interesting that this is full circle, the whole listener, you know, conversation. Why, where are all the vowels, by the way? Why, who, whoever named, why did you leave out all the... <laughs> well, uh, when, we, when we were trying to get the website, um, all the, everything else was available. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm honest. We, we tried to get the, the whole name, and we were like, that's not available. L-I-S-T, that wasn't available. <laughs> right. L-I-S-T. <laughs> Um, we actually lisnr dot com was not available. The first domain was Git Listener. Um, eventually, we convinced the the guy who owned Listener to give it to us. Um, you uh, said the the dude in this uh, pickup truck from Kentucky over there. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? My tech team handled it. I know we got it for really cheap. So I, I uh, I'm, I'm kudos to that. Um, so you've been doing this four and a half five years. What's changed most you know when you entered it what you kind of expected and thought and you were a little wet behind the ears versus now like what's one of the and you know good or bad like you know five i'm on like five years i'm in like a grind like i'm i'm straight you know i'm I'm like you know steph curry coming to the game taking out my warm-ups yeah i'm I'm just (laughs) i'm seasoned at this moment right uh the the first the first year first i mean it's, it's all hard so number one didn't know it was this hard you, there's no one telling you how hard this is. There's no one breaking it down. There's nothing sexy about this. 
Um, it's funny because you, you, we hear that a lot, right? I, I think it's one thing that's like, oh, it's going to hurt getting punched in the face. And you're like, yeah, I, I know. I know it's going to hurt. And then you get punched in the face. You're like, wow. <laughs> right? That's a, like, a, like, a, like a dumb truck in the face. <laughs> uh, it's hard. And you, you, you have to deal with the level of emotional um, tension that is just not normal, right? Uh, Family, you know, you're gonna start. Be, you're gonna be broken away from your social environment, from your family environment. Um, your confidence is gonna be tested. Your 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 perseverance is gonna be tested. Your intelligence will be questioned. Um, your your everything about yourself will be, um, you know, of concern. And uh, you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. The people that figure it out continue to figure it out. I like to think. Uh, here's an example, right? You know. Today is the first day that Mark Zuckerberg has ever owned or operated a company at this size. He's not the CEO of IBM who is seasoned to be a CEO of this caliber. Right. Um, that type of person has to every day he has to be he has to be ready for that day. So that, that's how, imagine every day being ready for something you've never done. And, and and then getting good at it, I like to think that the that's the, empowering though. Like that, like I think the more you do it, the like the the like, you get the goosebumps. You're you're more ready to take on the challenge. Like you you get excited about it. So I, I'm Steph Curry with the warm ups. <laughs> like I, I'm like, where we going? I you know I, you know before the microphone was on, I was telling you where I'm headed. I'm headed you know five or six cities in you know six or seven days. That's what I do. Hey, just get it done. Got to come home with a deal. I, I got to every day. I got to come home with something. Um, that that dis- you know that dissatisfaction. Um, one of the, the I think you stated one of the reasons you were here was for a, a board meeting uh, here in Los Angeles. Uh, what happened at the board meeting? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what you guys talk about? <laughs> no, but I, I I think about this idea of cooks in the kitchen, right? You've got investors, you've got board members, you've got you know business partners, and then you have a vision. Um, how do you balance, you know, what the way Rodney sees listener evolving and the the other input and chatter that comes your way? I'm gonna go back to something I said a little bit earlier. You know, you 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 have that people have to think you're approachable, and people have to be intimidated. How I would say that differently is, people have to like you, but they also have to respect you. Right. Um. And you got to hold those things together for dear life. <laughs> okay? And every it's You got to see the visual. It's got like two hands mocking a grip of just like tension. Just got to hold on to it because uh, that likable, approachable things is that you need to be able to learn from your investors. You need to be able to learn from your employees. I need to be able to learn from my president. He's done it multiple times. Um, he ha- I have the- I will be a better leader the more I can learn from those people around me. Now, based on what I learn and digest and output, I need to stand firm on some things. And I need to strike a level of confidence that that firmness can be trusted. And that, you know what? We got to rock with Rodney. And you, you, you have to strike that level of fear. Right. Um, whether you're going to do it anyway, whether you've done it before and it was right, 
whether you thought, you know, whatever the reason is, whether you have all the data, whether you have the customer or you have the contact, whatever, it, you know, over the time of the, the company, I use multiple things to hold on to that respect because there's always some shiny suit guy around the corner <laughs> that's ready to, uh, that has a lot of respect. Right. And it has a lot of uh, charisma and, uh, and who's already been seasoned to do what you do. And uh, you got to protect your house. Uh, what are you chasing? History. I'm I'm not motivated by the dollar signs or the or the or the press. Um, I think it's really important for um, you know my community to see someone like myself do what I'm doing at the level that I'm doing at or the level that I will do it. I think uh, I've always I never did this to build a great app. A great website. I did this to change the world, uh, and I, you know, I always said, you know, you know, really early on in our, in our in our development, I would show a picture, and if you you know go to iPhone and go to your settings, and I wanted to be right next to the Bluetooth button. You know, we're we, we're going to be a part of every device ever, or every smartphone. And and I think if we can do that, we'll we'll change the world. That's brilliant. Um, you you mentioned your community, or um, and then you earlier you mentioned this thing about like not wanting to be pigeonholed culturally as the you know the black guy who you know who's <laughs> who's doing the cool stuff or the cool dude. You know, um, I think that happens a lot, like urban marketing or whatever. And like, there's a perception when you walk in a room or when people see you. You know, why is that important to you to just kind of be seen as Rodney Williams and not like Rodney Williams, comma, <laughs> you know, AFAM. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my goal was to be a great leader and a great marketer was a stepping stone. And I, I think I always wanted to be a CEO. So, I mean, even the choice of degrees I took, right? I, I got a marketing degree. I got a, I got an MBA in finance supply chain. I got an undergraduate in finance. I got another undergraduate in economics. What I've learned in an educational in the educational sense was how to run a business, how to predict models, how to forecast, how to talk to a finance person to extract value, how to talk to an engineer to to make him work more, how to bring a, a cross functional team together on a vision. What I learned in the real world was how to innovate and apply um, structure around innovation and duplicate it. Um, if you think that I'm a marketer or Pampers guy or a tech guy. I'm going to do a lot of things. Um, and it's the same process, same thing. Um, and I'm going to do that across a number of industries um, before it's all said and done. And um, that that's my plan, and, and that's my goal. That's the Steph Curry model. That's like you, just when you thought you could defend me this way, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to show you another skill I have. Yeah. Um, uh, can I be you? At least for Halloween, I just I'm definitely a, any day you I'm get a be. beard wig. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh man, that's that's one of my uh, that's one of my things. <laughs> I, I, I start growing a beard and start wearing blazers at some point, which has been is a funny story in itself. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so before we get into that story, um, the show is called Innovation Crush. You know, you obviously like you mentioned five or six cities in the next few days. You've been at the. I'm, I'm assuming this is taking you around the world in in, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, what have you seen out there that currently that you're 
innovation crush? What's that one thing that's like, ah, oh, wow, that is awesome. And it could be in your industry. It can be in food. It can be in philanthropy. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I think I, I do have this, like, gift. You know, I look at this shiny suit thing, and then I see what's wrong with it. I'm always talking about what's wrong with it. Like, I, I got to calm myself down. I'm like, are you Debbie Downer? Like, are you the guy that's like, <laughs> damn, look at my shoe. Like, yo, it's leaning. Like, <laughs> the, the heel you, is a little rubbed off on it, right? You bought an imperfect pair. No, I'm not that guy. <laughs> I think it sometimes. Um, no, I'm not that guy. Uh, no, nah, I, I, I like a lot, though. You know, I'm, I'm in love with IoT. I think it's broken. I think it's crap right now. Um, it's too many devices to connect all the wrong ways. They There's don't too talk. many systems too. They don't so, talk to each yeah. other. Yeah, you know they don't. Um, you know if anyone uh, listeners ever you know bought an Alexa or you bought it and then it's it's sitting in the closet. If any of you guys bought a VR, you know you bought it and it's sitting in the closet. Should have talked to me first. Um, you know, uh, but I'm I'm excited about it. But none of those things are for us yet. None of those things have a a real use case that right. is compelling, like a smartphone. Um, but, um, you know, that, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's just kind of where are, where, where, where it is. I, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, ex- I think what, what is with things that I do get excited about, or I'm starting to get really excited about is, uh, I, like fleet management and actually the new cars of the future and connectivity. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I was, I'm really, I like, I want to give it like a cheers to, um, um, what is it? Cadillac? Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of their new subscription service. No. Oh, it's 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 dope. You just it's fifteen hundred dollars a month, and you get to pick any Cadillac you want. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but think of this: you get to pick any Cadillac you want at any given time. Like you can wake up and drive Escalade. You can go to sleep and drive a coupe. They bring it to you in white gloves. They pick up the white gloves. They p- pick it up. They clean it. And it, and it's completely changing the way of saying that, Hey, you don't have to ever own it, right? You don't have to worry about nothing with the vehicle ever. Um, I'm just I'm interested in those things. I love Teslas. I love you know Tesla took everything that was a dream and a vision and, and gave it to you in a car. Right. Um, that updates like your smartphone. I mean, speak of disruption, right? Like the the very basis of the car business is disrupted by that one simple model, right? Like a subscription service, and they're doing that in, in other areas too, where you know there's places where you can pay one rent a month and go stay anywhere, you know, in the world, or yeah. you know have an office space anywhere in the world. There's there's that opportunity to to have that level of disruption. You see like a, a sexy brand like a Cadillac do it. That's that's pretty awesome. When when technology does exactly what it's supposed to do, it looks and feels like magic. And I and I give you an example and every listener can be honest with themselves. If someone told you five years ago you can open up an app and press a button and a car would come and pick you up and take you somewhere. <laughs> I don't trust who picking me up. Yeah, no. who's the you know you know you know. Yeah. Now you know my mom. My mom can jump an Uber, you know, and uh, that's because it look it's it's so it's, it's like I don't believe it's going to happen. And, and when I look at autonomous vehicles and, and 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 the cars and what Tesla did and other things, I think that's much closer than the real IoT world and the real VR world and the real AR stuff that's uh, long ways away. Um, but uh, you well, know. It goes back to that idea you talked about earlier, which is like, let's be, let's have some empathy about what a consumer wants and needs, yeah. right? Like I remember when I first did Uber, I was like, 
and it was just black cars. I felt so baller because I was like, oh, I'm like, look at me. I'm like, I'm going to the airport in a, in a town car. Um, and also, I, I, I love this phrase where it's, you know, it's not that people don't like change. It's that they don't like the transition. Yeah. Right? There's that uncomfortable gray area. Like, I remember when text messaging was a thing. And I was like, why would I type you a message? I can just talk to you. And it'll be. And, and now, it's <laughs> like, my, all my data use is, like, via using my thumbs. Why did you call me? <laughs> right, it's the complete opposite. It's right, like now. a simple question. <laughs> <laughs> um, last but not least, and then we can figure out your beard situation. Um, complete this phrase for me. Innovation to me is fall in love with the process. That's what it is to me. I think. I mean, even the definition of innovation is 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 the process of innovate, a process to innovate. Um, you don't innovate with this glorified outcome. You innovate with tiny steps and repetition and breaking things and building it back up and breaking it again and building it back up and breaking it again. And when you actually have it working, it should change everything. Yeah. Well, well stated from a man with multiple degrees. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can learn something from Rodney. Um, how can people find you? Where do they, you know, where do they get more information on listener? Like where, where do you, where do you want people to, to find, find you and yeah, your, your movement? Listener, please. It is L I S N R. It is five letters. There's no T's, no E's. None <laughs> One of mouth. that. You know, it is L I S N R. I know, you know, I'm, that is a, my pet peeve. Uh, I have a, a yeah, you sent me a presentation that has L I S T and R. I look at you crazy, <laughs> crazy. Um, but that's you no. Know, uh, you can find me in any handle, Rodney B Williams. Uh, that's the same for Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook. Pretty simple. Uh, yeah. All right. I got a column on Forbes. You guys should check out. Oh. That's pretty awesome. What yeah. else are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what else you got going on? You know. What do you talk? What do you? So what's your? What do you talk about in Forbes? Uh, spend a lot of time talking about innovation and disruption and, and the challenges in entrepreneurship. I'm taking a very, very real approach to it. I'm not, I'm not talking about the cookie cutter stuff. So, you know, some of the, some of the articles that have come out, you know, I talked about how I came to my, my big idea. I talked about, I said, you know, a story about it. Investors are investors, not your friends. I have, uh, you know, down points, um, are the catalyst for growth. I talk about my down points. What's the down point? Uh, you know, just when stuff ain't working out. Oh, oh yeah. You know, like a like a like a like a you know, you're back against the wall. Yeah. And I think every startup has that story and I don't think no one talks about it. You know, you know, when we when we ran out of money and we we knew we had something special and we couldn't get investors over the hump. Um and I you know, I start I I depleted my savings account and credit card and uh and I didn't tell my employees cuz I needed them in high spirits. But I also didn't go home for Christmas cuz I ain't have the money to go home. Stayed in Cincinnati. You know, no one really knew that. I was kind of in Cincinnati. Like, oh, man, you know, I'm just going I'm just going, I'm just going <laughs> yeah, to drink at the crib. Christmas crit. in Cincinnati, man. What? It's just Christmas. It's just Christmas. That's all. The I mean, tear, like, just a one tear. Well, like, it's just, we're, we're fine. Meanwhile, I'm at I'm at Wendy's Chili's. I'm at Wendy's and that chili. $2, chili and fries. I've been there. I had one Christmas. I, I went and got myself a six-pack of Corona, and I watched Love and Basketball. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I, I played a PlayStation game that I already ended. This was bad. <laughs> like, let me start this over and see <laughs> if I can play it in God mode. Let me play it over again because <laughs> I don't got nothing else to do. Uh, All right, man. Well, thank yeah. you for, for stopping by. Thank you for your wisdom. Um, thank you for letting me ramble on, with you know, pointlessly. Um, nice. Everyone, this has been another installment of Innovation Crush, and we will talk to you next time.